This is the SF Productions Podcast Network. How I Got My Wife to Read Comics Episode 547 This episode was pre-recorded. Can a comic book collector of over 30 years get his wife to read them? Will she let him keep them? Learn more in this podcast. Let's go to the comic book lounge with Mindy and Mark. Let's all take our seats. It's Crisis 304, War of the Gods. This is how I got my wife to read comics. I'm Mark. And I'm Mindy. Just a reminder, you can go to sfpodcastnetwork.com to get the feed, other SF podcasts and blogs, or you can subscribe via your favorite podcast catcher and look for somewhere to leave us a review. You can email sfpodcastnetwork at gmail.com, like it's at facebook.com slash sfppn, follow us on Twitter at sfppn, check out tumblr.com slash blog slash sfppn, or call us at 614-321-9737, that's 614-321-9SFP. We are taping in advance as we continue to cover the major crossover events in DC history, This time, it's War of the Gods, a 1991 four-issue miniseries with lots of tie-in issues. At its heart is both Wonder Woman and the grand finale of George Perez's overall storyline for Diana, going back to her reboot in 1987, post-Crisis on Infinite Earths. Now, there were problems between Perez and DC, and we will get to those in a bit. But first... War of the Gods, number one of four. Story and layouts by George Perez. Finished art by Cynthia Martin. Lettering by Albert de Guzman. Colored by Jean D'Angelo. Edited by Karen Berger and Tom Payer. With special thanks to Romeo Tangal. We start things off with the fates, spinning reality through their threads. They have called in Harmonia, daughter of Ares, to warn her of the upcoming crisis. We cut to the Amazon, the one in South America, not Diana, and a group of various demigods. There's little info provided, so I'm guessing you need to read the Wonder Woman title around then to know what's going on. Circe breaks in to give them a warning, saying that the fate of the gods and humanity is in her hands. She's getting ready to perform a mystical ceremony with the assistance of a nebishly mortal from Chicago who runs a museum there and has provided her some artifacts. He's also planning to double-cross her. Cut to Phobos, god of panic, in the Arctic, waiting for his role to begin. And cut to Ronnie Raymond, who gets the call from the Firestorm entity. This is when Firestorm was the fire elemental. Back to Harmonia, who's planning to warn Zeus of what's coming, only to find her dad, of course, is Ares. Over to Themyscira, where the Amazons are debating going to war after the events in the Wonder Woman title. Two Amazons are dead. Hippolyta is missing. Diana recommends caution. Menelip, is it Menelip or Menelippi? I don't know. Menelip, injured from the battle, barges in to tell Diana that gods are coming just as Hermes and Heracles drop by. They tell Diana she's needed, and they whisk her off to New Olympus, which I guess is improved from the old one. The Greek gods appear before her, saying they are under attack and only she can save them. They are all somehow trapped there, and getting a message to Hermes caused Zeus to go into a stupor. There's also a guy in a green cloak hanging around. It's our old buddy Pariah from Crisis on Infinite Earths. Unfortunately, his presence means things are about to go really bad. In addition, a figure is encased in energy. It's Donna Troy. 
back to Harmonia using the River Styx to get back to New Olympus. Unfortunately, it's a trap by Hades, and she's knocked off the boat. Clarion the Witch Boy is nearby, noting that the real Sharon is out cold on the rocks. Now we go to two heroes, each realizing something is wrong, Zaytana and the Will Payton Starman. Back to Cersei, doing her spells as the Nebishi guy is dreaming of powers beyond measure. Harmonia finds a Roman centurion in the water, and they get zapped to the shore. He's son of Vulcan, an obscure 60s hero. Over to New Olympus, where the Roman gods arrive to rumble with the Greek gods. Diana will be kept busy with the Romans' champion, Captain Marvel, under their control. There's a big fight while Cersei completes her spell, sending mystic energy all around the Earth. Captain Adam, Geoforce, and the Doctor's fate. Both Kent and Inza share the helm at this time. I'll see their powers go berserk. The Nebishi guy is ready to pull his double cross when an Amazon arrives looking for Julie Capitellus, the eventual Wonder Girl. We see a reference to Hawkman, then Clark Kent, seeing the mystical aura causing havoc, realizes this is a job for Superman. In New York, Lilith of the Titans is found in a stupor waiting, looking for Donna Troy. The battle continues on New Olympus, causing even more havoc on Earth. Darkseid checks in with his usual response during a crisis. I'm out. Lobo is seen with a telepath at a bar. The big battle finally ends with Hermes, Mercury, Diana, and Captain Marvel disappearing. Marvel drops in on Lobo and spills his drink. Aquaman and the Justice League also find out what's going on with Power Girl feeling like she has to go to Atlantis. This was during the period with when Power Girl was Atlantean. A mysterious woman at a Washington insane asylum realizes this is the big moment. Who we assume is Cave Carson's team is in the Arctic, only to see Pariah pop in, then Phobos blasts them. That's all in issue number one. Whew, that's a lot of setup. Let's see if it's worth it. War of the Gods number two. Story and laid out by George Perez and Russell Braun. Finished art by Cynthia Martin and Romeo Tangal. Lettering by Albert de Guzman. Colored by Dean Giangelo. Uh, editorial assistance by Bob Kahn. Edited by Karen Berger and Tom Payer. Son of Vulcan and Hercules provide some exposition as they duke it out. Both New Olympus and Themyscira are rocked as the gods battle with Heracles holding the ladder together. Meanwhile, in Central City, I guess, the Wally West, Flash, and Mercury also provide info. This god has to get back to New Olympus to save Donna Troy. The Hawks check in, debating whether Diana is the cause of all this. In Egypt, Kent Nelson and some archaeologists run into Egyptian gods. Firehawk checks in on Ronnie Raymond, only to find the new Firestorm, who team up to go to Africa to find those gods. Babylonian gods attack Atlantis and Aquaman. Superman confronts Pariah in the Arctic, and as the Kryptonian attacks, he helps out Phobos' plans. Oh, it's Starman to the rescue. Diana stops at Gotham City to see the dynamic duo. I think Robin is Tim Drake by this point. All Robins look alike. Yeah, and provides them with info on an artifact in the town. Back to Hercules and Son of Vulcan, who are hit by lightning, as is a new figure in New York. It's Black Adam, who has returned. Firestorm and Firehawk meet up with an African god who brings forth black demons. Ice finds her magical home village is now a grove of trees and is saved by fire from Thor, not the Marvel version. The JSA continue their never-ending battle against the Asgardian gods, again, not the Marvel ones. This is where JSA was sent to take them permanently off the table a few years earlier. 
Loki, again, not the Marvel one, calls upon a fire demon and winds back with Thor and the gals. Back to Supes, who thinks he's killed Pariah and breaks free of Phobos' spell. Starman, however, is still stuck in that spell. Son of Vulcan appears to attack Ares. Power Girl joins up with Aquaman in the fight. Does this seem like a lot of random events? Then you're on the right track. A group of DC's magic users come together at Dr. Fate's Salem Tower. Spectre, Satana, Fate, Phantom Stranger, and I'm guessing Enchantress? Diana brings in Geoforce, whose power over the Earth is needed. Turns out this is Circe's plan all along. Diana, who was born from clay, and Geoforce are in the middle of an enchantment, which is ironically about to charge up Circe when Diana starts losing her life force. Back to Africa, where Firestorm and Firehawk meet an evil dark version of Captain Adam and they duke it out. Back to New Olympus, where Zeus disappears, whose soul is somehow dropped into the body of gold of the Metal Men. Superman attacks Phobos, the quakes in Atlantis, and Circe learns the artifacts she needed are now under someone else's control. The good guy magic spell is worked, and Earth is safe for the moment. Phobos warps out, Ice checks in on her now non-tree family, Silver Swan joins up with Firestorm, and we see the League and Dove cameos. The magicians wake up, and Diana goes off to find Hermes. Oh, and Black Adam is spying on the Suicide Squad. This whole issue seems designed in a very fragmentary way to set up the tie-in issues. It's quite a mess. War of the Gods number three, documented and designed by George Perez, delineated by Russell Braun, Pablos Marcos, Vince Giarra, Scott Hanna, and Romeo Tangal, decoded by Albert de Guzman, died by Gene D'Angelo, dispatched by Bob Kahn, deployed by Karen Berger and Tom Payer. Why all these weird task names? We will explain later. Back to the Amazon and Cersei, watching her magical security camera of various heroes and villains about to attack. She sends the others off to keep them busy while she implements the next phase of her plan. Two Greek fishermen find Cersei's old island only to find a massacre there. The gods keep on fighting, while Doc Magnus goes out to find out what's going on, only to be put to sleep by Morpheus. Son of Vulcan has taken over the metal men to help in his cause. Harmonia and Hermes have a chat. Then Diana returns with Hippolyta's broken body, something that happened in a tie-in issue. She begs them for their help, but they have little power now, only enough to send them back to Themyscira. The plan is for Diana to kill Cersei, but not yet. Animal Man is brought in to help out the magicians, who have already fought some of her bestiomorphs. Remember that group of heroes and villains ready to attack Cersei in the Amazon? Well, we're there now. One panel is so poorly done that it looks like a comic book ad rather than editorial content. Black Adam rushes in to attack Cersei, who steals his powers away. Oh, and that nebbishy guy from issue number one rushes off a cliff with a package and says some magic words. Back to the magicians, who use Animal Man's blood for a spell. The Hawks are contacted by Batman, who is trying to find Wonder Woman. Black Adam rockets away, leaving the others to deal with Cersei. Some Amazons on the island jump off a cliff, only to run into Aquaman underwater. Over on Themyscira... Diana watches jet fighters about to be wiped out. Animal Man has now been supercharged by magical means and is sent off to the fight. Ares fights Mars while Harmonia fights her sister Ares. Harmonia binds her up magically to save Ares. Black Adams finds himself up against Lobo, who end up joining forces to fight off a bunch of gun-wielding harem girls. 
They then are led by Son of Vulcan into a chapel where the wizard Shazam and the metal men are watching over Billy Batson's body. Now Black Adam needs to save Billy, Starman, the Hawks, and Diana, fight off the Jet Fighters. Darkseid makes an appearance just to fight with Orion, heroes fighting monsters that turn back into regular monsters. Some of the Suicide Squad live up to their name. Dr. Light makes a cameo. Harmonia is killed. Diana is grabbed by a wave of water. Just a lot of stuff happens, okay? Cersei arrives with Hermes' skeleton, then turns Diana back into clay. Is she dead? Oh, and Lilith finds Pariah in her bed. War of the Gods number four, story and layouts by George Perez, finished art by Pablos Marcos, Alan Kupperberg, Phil Jimenez, Gordon Purcell, Dick Giordano, and Frank McLaughlin. Lettering by Albert de Guzman and Richard Starkings. Colors by Gene D'Angelo. Editorial assistance by Bob Kahn. Edited by Karen Berger and Tom Payer. After a page to get us back up to speed, we see Superman, Starman, and Guy Gardner watching from space as New Olympus is about to take the place of Earth. A ton of heroes are prepping for the final battle, just waiting for the word. The Mascara, which had just divested themselves of weapons, is busy rebuilding them. Pariah cries a lot, with Lady Quark berating him. Hippolyta comes out of her coma and becomes part of the plan. Meanwhile, Diana finds herself in limbo in a discussion with Dead Man, Spectre, and Phantom Stranger. They're there to make Cersei doesn't find her until all the preparations are ready. The word is given and the battle is on. The heroes are less effective than usual as New Olympus plays with your senses. Heracles breaks into New Olympus via Hades with the Amazons. Son of Vulcan drags Lobo into chamber where the metal men Shazam and a comatose Billy Batson awake. Uh, We get some backstory on how Shazam collected the forces that created Captain Marvel in the first place. We also get the whole deal about Black Adam being the first recipient and how poorly that went. Now the same forces have been placed into the metal men ready for use. Harbinger arrives to tell them Diana is dead, but a plan is in place. Cersei gloats a lot. Eris is sacrificed. Harmonia is mounted by Ares. Just for fun, Apocalypse and New Genesis go to war, egged on by Cersei. Black Racer convinces them that Cersei is to blame and stops the battle to reduce her strength. Son of Vulcan arrives to fight Cersei and is killed for his efforts, as is Hephaestus. Cersei realizes she's been tricked and Lobo grabs Donna Troy. Reps of each of the various pantheons tell their teams to stand down. Cersei pulls a Hail Mary using Hades to resurrect dead heroes. Blackest night, anyone? Harbinger calls it, and two mystical events occur. Hippolyta makes a baby from clay, imbuing it with life, and the metal men's gold powers are dropped into Billy Batson, who says the magic word. Superman deflects Cersei's magical charge headed towards the Mascara, which kills Menelippi and sends Circe to Cronus's tomb. Donna and Diana are there, and we get the classic, but you're dead! Dead! Black Adam is sent back to limbo by Shazam. Captain Marvel meets with the other godly reps, and a pact is made. We learn that Lobo is holding Son of Vulcan's soul. Back to Circe and the Amazon sisters duking it out. There's a whole thing about the power of elder gods over younger ones, yada, yada, yada. Circe is absorbed by Lord Cronus, and all the zombie heroes fade. The Greek gods decide to move on to the cosmos and give the Roman gods the keys to Olympus. The whole thing grinds to a halt with Phantom Stranger checking in with the fates. Phew. This was the listicle of comic book events. A lot of random points and characters loosely related with no actual storyline. 
We kept referring to issues with George Perez and the huge number of creative team changes. This was, again, George Perez's finale of a multi-year storyline for Wonder Woman, and it's clear he wanted to make the finale a big one. He also wanted DC to make Diana's 50th anniversary, she first appeared in 1941, a major celebration. But that did not interest the publisher at the time. They chose to make War of the Gods a direct market-only release, meaning it did not go to the newsstands back when that was a thing. This meant the event was inaccessible to many, which makes even less sense when you consider that some of the tie-in issues did go to the newsstands. Also, Perez planned to include a wedding in the event, that of Steve Trevor and Etta Candy, something that Perez had laid the groundwork for. Instead, he was given a final Wonder Woman issue to wrap things up after this event, and the wedding was given to William Messner Loeb's and the new creative team. As a result of all this, Perez left D.C. for several years. So, why so many creatives involved in War of the Gods? First off, Perez apparently wrote a narrative so massive that he himself couldn't bring it to completion, so other writers came in to take it over the finish line. Also, DC had another event going on that same year, the previously discussed Armageddon 2001, while, which kept tying up a lot of characters, forcing War of the Gods to be rewritten and rewritten to the point that the storyline fell apart. As a result of all of this, the artwork had to be rushed through. Our copies of the event are very muddy, involving teams of pencilers and inkers. The tie-in issues were also a mess. Extra issues of Hawk and Dove and Captain Adam had to be added to cover some points. An issue of Justice League Europe and two issues of New Titans were part of the event, but were not labeled as such. Tie-in part numbers, designed to make it easier to read them in order, were not always included on the cover. Even later issues of the main event didn't have chapter numbers on the cover. (laughs) Overall, a disastrous event for DC Comics, And I'm glad to be done with it. In our next class, Bloodlines. Announcer Bot, how can the folks find us online? Go to sfpodcastnetwork.com to get the feed, other SF podcasts, and blogs. Subscribe via your favorite podcast catcher and leave us a review. You can email sfpodcastnetwork at gmail.com. Like us at facebook.com slash sfppn. Follow us on Twitter at SFPPN. Check out Tumblr.com slash blog slash SFPPN. Call us at 614-321-9737. That's 614-321-9SFP. Back to you, Mark. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.